1: It's receptions, reception, the show.
0: The Chargers uh, ended up taking uh, Quentin Johnston at uh, a TCU. Uh, 6'3, 210 pounds, ran a 4'5, uh, and also has a 40 inch vertical. Um, I got to be honest with you, Matt, I didn't love the pick. Um, mm. I didn't love the pick. And, and I know that you said, oh, hey, uh, you, you like the fit for all these wide receivers in the first round. This is the one I kind of sort of did not like. And I'll explain. Um, and then you can, you know, kind of sort of tell me why I'm wrong. But sure. I thought that the Chargers desperately needed team speed. Um, and Quentin Johnson running a four-five at his size is fine. Uh, listen, that's really good, as a matter of fact. Um, but that's not the team speed that I think that they needed. I think they needed somebody who run, runs a low 4.4 um, and can just clear out, um, do some clear out routes where, you know, again, maybe they're doing the whole track thing but like you know you got to clear out inside uh for keenan allen open up the field a little bit for mike williams um you know quentin johnson i think is a good player i think he's a fine player i just i just question the fit man um and again i, I heard on on multiple broadcasts that like oh you know they're worried about injuries like guys what listen, man, we, we cannot be in the off season worried about injuries here. You know, like don't make first round picks based off of like injury concerns. That's crazy talk. Um, you know, you, you got to come in with some optimism here that, that everyone's going to stay healthy. Uh, if Quentin Johnson is the number three uh, and I, you know, obviously he he's going to be given his draft capital. Uh, tell me why this fit actually does make some sense here for the Chargers.
1: Well, you know, it gets my guy Josh Palmer off the field. So <laughs> okay, well there you go. <laughs> no. um, ser- seriously though, uh, I think when you look at, I agree with you that I think that they definitely need some speed, and I think you know, they actually took Quinton Johnson's teammate Darius Davis out um, of mm-hmm. TCU, a smaller guy with like sub four four speed, uh, and you know, so he can maybe be their new Jalen Guyton. Like every three games, Justin Herbert throws him like a ridiculous post route or something like yes. that. <laughs> so he can, maybe he can be that guy, but I agree with you that like, look, they, the more team speed would be great, but I do think Quentin Johnson brings them downfield ability. You know, when I mentioned him in, in his reception perception profile, he's an 85th percentile success rate versus man coverage. Um, now that only comes on a small handful of routes like slants, right. post goes stuff like that. But I do think, go routes and post routes with which Quentin Johnson's pretty good on you want that at this point and like I think he's a guy that's going to be need need to be brought along slowly and as the number three receiver behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams that's great like I think for him to be brought along slowly will be good there and they can get his get use of his yak skills which I don't think they've had enough of that you know like I love Keenan Allen, but he's not a yak guy like Josh Palmer, not a yak guy. You know, they would throw Josh Palmer crossing routes and it's like one, two down. Uh, like I think (laughs) Quinton Johnson can bring them, even Mike Williams. Like I, um, you know, Austin Eckler has told me that like he, he has always fought to like get more yak plays in the offense. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and it just doesn't happen for one reason or another. Like, Mike Williams wants to be like more of a yak guy or whatever, but I think Quentin Johnson is more of a yak guy. He'll be used that way. Um, I like Kellen Moore's offense. I like his fit there. They're definitely, a you know, will be a three receiver offense. And I think that's going to be a good fit for, for Quinton Johnson. But yeah, I, I would have preferred somebody, you know, if I'm nitpicking, yeah, I would have probably preferred like a, a speedier guy, somebody with more full field separation ability for Justin Herbert. Cause it's like, not even so much the lack of speed because Keenan Allen's a great separator, but Mike Williams is like a, a downfield contested guy. And like, you know, he yep. can separate a little bit, but he's like an average separator. Josh Palmer is one of the worst separators in the league. I think it might take a couple years for Quinton Johnson. If he does develop into being like a legit full field separator. So that's the one thing I have a little, like, you know, 12th percentile success rate versus zone for Quinton Johnson. Like that's got to get better. Like the, the, the overall route running has to get better. Um, So that's the one thing I have. Um, And, and, you know, I do think though, like when you're thinking about Mike Williams is a vertical receiver and um, Quentin Johnson is a vertical receiver, like Johnson's a long strider. He can get down the field a little bit more um, than I think these other guys right now.
0: So my, my problem too is, uh, and and tell me if I'm wrong here, but man, I just feel like I look at Quentin Johnson. I look at Mike Williams. I feel, I feel like there's some redundancy here. You know Um, I know, I know Quentin Johnson showed well, especially downfield. Mike Williams, I think, showed pretty well downfield as well. You talk about not really getting a lot of separation. Quentin Johnson, again, I think he's I think he's okay. But I, I, look, if you're going to give me a downfield guy, um, can we at least get me also like a, a, a downfield like contested catch god? You know, I, I don't see that in Quentin Johnson's no. game. You know, yeah. this guy's got to get open. Um, and, and like he can try, I think he's got good ball tracking skills. Uh, but again, he's not like a natural hands catcher. He kind of sort of, again, catches kind of sort of like Mike Williams, where he like uh, does a little body catching, even downfield, you know? So I just saw a little redundancy here and I didn't love the pick.
1: Yeah, I understand that. And I, and I think they're one of these teams that doesn't do small receivers, sort of like the Packers a little bit. Packers are a little bit more open to it, but like yeah. You know, Keenan Allen's still a pretty big receiver, um, despite yeah. being like a, a route runner, you know, uh, and obviously he's a huge
0: he's, guy for for slot. I mean, if you stick him inside, he's a huge slot guy. Uh, but and mean, he's also he been around outside. there. He's also yeah. been
1: around there forever, I think, b- before the, pre- the current GM. But like, yeah, Mike Williams, big receiver. Josh yep. Palmer, big receiver. Quinton Johnson, big receiver. It's pretty clear they value size at the position. Maybe, maybe, maybe right. more than they should.
0: Um, I, and th- I guess my other problem here too, with Quentin Johnson, um, is you talk about development, you know, it's like, I look at this team and they've got to win now. Um, mm-hmm. they've got a a veteran, uh, defense that if they can stay can't we talk about the chargers and health, but if if they can stay healthy, <laughs> um, this is a team that I think defensively has got all the pieces, right? You, you're talking about Joey Bosa, Sante Samuel, uh, Khalil Mack still in the fold, right? Like. I don't know what the hell's going on with J.C. Jackson, but I, can he stay healthy? Yeah. Derwin James is there, and he's obviously struggled with health as well. So I think they've got the pieces really to to make a move now, you know. And I, I think I, I felt like they just needed a ready-made player um, on the offensive side of the football that, again, primarily gave them speed but was ready to play today. I, I would have loved to see them kind of wait on wide receiver and take a Jalen Hyatt in the second round. If you want to reach, I know Hyatt went in the third, but if you want to reach and get that speed in the second, I don't think anyone, if they took Jalen Hyatt in the second round, I don't think anyone would have blamed him. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, I I don't think that Hyatt's any more ready to play from day one than Quinton Johnson is. I I think that though, I do like, um, you know, Daniel Jeremiah has talked about this a lot that like, there's no more point in like, especially for these teams in the AFC West, like, who cares what your defense looks like? You need to outscore the Chiefs. <laughs> You're not going to stop Mahomes, like okay. so. You need to outscore these teams, and I think like okay, let's spend a premium resource on a guy that be- best case scenario is our number three receiver this year. I, I think mm-hmm. that makes sense because, <laughs> and it hasn't been like on paper. It's like okay, what is people complain about what Justin Herbert has around him? I think a lot of it is we've done we've talked about the offensive you know coordinator and the offensive play calling of the previous coach. Right, but it's it's also like yeah, on paper, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's a declining player, but like, is still probably a fringe number one receiver. Mike Williams, I think, is a really good two, and they have Austin Eckler to catch like ninety plus passes every single year if they want him to. <laughs> it's like right. okay, well, what is, he doesn't really need for, but it's it's when these guys like Williams, who's has struggled staying healthy, Allen obviously had issues hamstring all last year. The the drop off then from those guys is extreme. Um, it is so I think. Quinta Johnson, probably an ideal situation, is going to play a lot as a rookie, but if everybody else stays healthy, these other guys will out-target him by quite a bit as a rookie. But he'll bring playmaking ability when they throw to him, both from, like I I think, a little more downfield juice than you're giving him credit for, but especially in the Yak game.
0: Yeah, I think that's true, too. Uh, Yeah, you're right. Uh, They they need a Yak guy. And again, I I don't want to take away from his downfield ability, because I do think he's good downfield. Um, It's just that I don't think he's... Ah, I don't know, man. Like it's hard to judge these Big Twelve players too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Look, <laughs> you know, look. He has he does have big bust risk. I I don't want to, and I think if you if you listen to our pre-draft discussion about him, you would know that you know. I, I think I, I said that his profile is the number one. Like you must read this profile. Like don't just look <laughs> at the route chart. Don't just look at the success yeah. rate versus man. Don't just look at the success rate versus zone. Like take right. it all in together because I do think that like. And it's it's Christian Watson is the place the player comparison that I gave him, like a limited application, limited route, um, you know, portfolio. But like he's going to rip you on those limited routes potentially. But there's also there's also a lot of risk with the player with this profile. So I, I sure. don't want to shy away from that. Um, but I do think if not, they're not going to throw him out there and be like, we're throwing you 120 targets this year, <laughs> Johnson, which right, I think is correct. good for him, which I think is good yeah. for
0: him. Right. Right. I agree with that. All right. So let's get out of the first round here. Uh, And I want to talk Jonathan Mingo there in Carolina. Obviously, they go Bryce Young with uh, the 1.1. And Jonathan Mingo's got some serious after the catch ability. This is a big boy, man. 220 pounds. He ran a 4.4640. He had a 39 inch, 39 and a half inch vertical. I mean, When you say athlete, this is this guy checks all the boxes, 220 pounds running a a sub four, four, five with a nearly a 40 inch vertical. I mean, come on, dude. This is that is a big boy there in Carolina. And now he gets a team up with Bryce Young and Frank Reich.
1: Yeah, no, I I love I said all along what I want the Panthers to do is one oh one quarterback you know, and then ended up being Bryce Young. Um, and then at the 39th pick earmark that for a receiver, just like Joe Burrow T Higgins was the, the comparison I made for it. They ended up doing that with Jonathan Mingo. And I, I like Jonathan Mingo a lot. You know, I just talked about it with Quinton Johnston. Don't just look at the route chart and they mm-hmm. oh, man, this is, it's driving me nuts. Like the color readers on, on, on Twitter. Like I get it. There's some red on Mingo's chart, but like read the profile, please. I, I, I pre- please subscribe to the site and and don't just look at don't just color count like oh five red routes to five green like <laughs> read the profile please okay. I I know right. I I and I'm 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 calling you out if you're doing it cuz if you read Mingo's profile you would you would see that I really like this player in the right role and I don't think as I explained on the the pre-draft podcast like I don't think he was playing in the right role in college because I think he's more of a big slot receiver more of a guy that you're going to use in, in as a power slot type, as opposed to an outside perimeter receiver, which is what he was in college. So, yeah, his I said it before, his success rates are very, very similar to Amon Ra St. Brown from a reception just so odd
0: point. By the way, that's just so odd. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean?
1: like I mean, just two completely different body types, man. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, St. Brown's kind of a not, He's not like quite. Yeah, I mean, he's not. No, he's not as big as old. Uh, is Jonathan Mingo, but he's six foot two Oh three. It's not like he's a tiny, tiny dude. It's true. It's um, true. But he, and he, I would still put him in the power slot, you know, category, right. Which is right. what I think Mingo's best position is. And at USC, I'm on Ross St. Brown. The year I charted him for reception perception was playing outside on 70% of his snaps. And then Jonathan Mingo, again, he was a 65% outside player uh, outside on the left, 65% guy. And so Interesting where he's successful the routes he's successful on you know slants curls flats a lot of that i think is is similar to saint brown like that's i put their route charts out on twitter side by side because i think like okay you want to talk about the route chart this is what the route chart for this guy turned out to be and if you just get him in the right role it can really be great and you mentioned the yak stuff with mingo's awesome um oh, you know he went down on first oh, contact on just 44 percent of his in space plays he's combative he's aggressive after the catch plays bully ball. He plays bully ball in the air too. one is one 75% of his contested targets. Love what Mm -hmm. he does as a blocker, which I think is going to be key in that power slot role. They're going to want to spring Miles Sanders on some big runs out of 11 personnel. Mingo is going to be a part of that. I I think Mingo could be the best, most productive player on the pan, like receiver on the Panthers this year. um, If he's in the right role Uh, I like this pick a lot. I I liked it a lot for Carolina. It was probably higher than I think a lot of people expected Mingo to go, but it's been pretty clear once like coaches started getting involved in watching film, they saw the potential of Mingo beyond the college production. And I think saw a lot of what I, what I saw in his RP profile.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, You know, active this offseason, uh, a transfer, potentially transformative year, I think, for Carolina, right? Because, okay, so you, you get your potentially, you know, franchise quarterback in Bryce Young. You bring in a brand new coaching staff, offensive minded uh, coaching staff that has had a proven record, track record of success uh, in the NFL. You bring in Miles Sanders, a, a proven commodity at the running back position. Now, Uh, at the wide receiver spot. I didn't, (laughs) I didn't necessarily love spending money on Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. Um, But again, we're talking about, you know, uh, especially Thielen, you know, a a, a veteran presence there in the wide receiver room. It's starting to look a little bit to me like Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, a one-two combination there. And maybe Chark uh, will play outside as well and and, and try to get some um, outside separation. But Mm. Uh, I, I, yeah, that's, that's a little rough, right? So if we're talking 11 personnel, does it feel a little crowded with Adam Thielen and Jonathan Mingo? If you're, if you're thinking that is a one, two combination there.
1: I think that you're looking at Adam Thielen as your flanker. You're looking at Jonathan Mingo as your slot and you're looking at DJ Chark or Terrace Marshall. Like I, I think that if Terrace Marshall, who I'm, I've you know not been a big fan of in the NFL, his reception perception profile from a rookie standpoint was one of the worst ever sampled. Not good, you know. Like, right. but I think there's a chance that if he comes to camp and impresses his staff, it's still the GM who drafted him is still there, Scott Fitterer. Mm-hmm. Like he could, he could be, he could, out, he could beat out DJ Chark. I think their games are very, very similar. I think there's a zero percent chance Terrace Marshall or, or DJ Chark are on the field at the same time. Um, yes. So I think, but Frank Reich apparently likes DJ Chark a lot. He's targeted him in the past, allegedly, whatever. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I think and, that's probably- And again, they, they
0: targeted him in the in free agency as well, mm-hmm. right? So like, you know, you figure this is a coaching staff brand new. Uh, they're going to try to go get their guys. I mean, it, it seems as if DJ Chark might be one of their guys. Now, again, I they didn't give him big money or anything, but so they could easily just say, okay, well, uh, he's not our guy. But, um, but I don't know, just given the profile, Matt, and, and I know that you're saying Mingo's role, will be best suited to be a power slot. But I just wonder, I just wonder if the Carolina coaching staff agrees with you. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying?
1: Yeah, I mean definitely. I we'll see. I we'll see what he what he ends up being for them. I I'm curious because I think they do probably run a good bit of eleven personnel. Um, you know, it's like not necessarily they have Hayden Hurst. By the way, it's it's crazy. You you mentioned like the amount of trans new coaching staff. Mm-hmm the amount of like turnover that's happened for the Panthers in the last 365 days is nuts. Like Yeah, it's crazy. Week one. Week one of last year, their leading passer is obviously Baker Mayfield. Their leading rusher is Christian McCaffrey. Their first leading receiver <laughs> is Robbie now chosen Anderson. And then right. their second leading right. wide receiver is DJ Moore. None of those players are on the team. You even just look at um their and then week. The final week of the season, week eighteen, their leading passer, IAI, aye, 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 for forty-three yards. Sam Darnold, their leading Ooh. rusher, is Chuba Hubbard, but Donta Foreman was only behind by one yard. Their leading receiver is Terrace Marshall, and the second leading receiver is DJ Moore. Like Terrace Marshall is the and Chuba Hubbard are the only guys still on the team from all of the names I just mentioned. That's like wild. new running back, Miles Sanders, new tight end, and Hayden Hurst, all new receiver core. Um, and Terrace Marshall and Chuba Hubbard might not even play like they're probably, they might not even make the team. You never know. So um, even the backup nuts. running
0: back. So like you talk about CMC, then Deontay Foreman is he's gone, gone. right? Like, yep.
1: yep. It's, it's crazy. It's just the, yeah, the amount of turnover is insane, but yeah, I think it remains to be seen, I guess what Carolina thinks Jonathan Mingo's role is. And um, we'll have to follow the, the progress in the off season and see what that, what that means. But I, I kind of tend to think that they will they'll view him as as not an X receiver, at least maybe somebody that plays in two, right. two receiver sets. He'll play as a flanker, be a big because he, he will add a lot as a blocker. Like, um, yeah, I think he'll add a lot as a blocker, which will matter a lot for him being on the field in two receiver sets.
0: OK, how about there in Green Bay, Jaden Reed? Uh, this is a, a player out of Michigan State. Um, and you love this oh, guy. Baby. You know, I, I read the I read the profile uh, on Jaden Reed. And, um, and to be honest with you, I didn't know a ton about Reed uh, coming into this whole, you know, pre-draft process. But, uh, but after you chart him, you've got some really nice things to say about this young man.
1: I love Jordan Reed, man. I I couldn't believe he went. I'm so well, I didn't say I couldn't believe I was so happy that he was the sixth receiver off the board. Um, I thought he might be a third round pick. Um, He was, I think my receiver six, maybe in the, in this class, I think if you look back at the stacked rankings, Um, I I love this player. Number one in the class, 87th percentile success rate versus press, 77.8%, 70% success rate versus man, and a a really, really good route runner. And I think shows you signs of being a really good contested catch player too. Um, God, he fits well in Green Bay. You know, uh, a a guy that they've typically drafted over six foot, over 195 pounds. Uh, Allegedly Reed is 195 pounds now. I think he was 187 pounds at the combine. So the Packers coaching staff is probably like, "Hey, do us a favor and uh, drink some water, and maybe go to Chipotle <laughs> a couple times before before you do the, the team weigh in, yeah. so that we can say yeah, we yeah, stuck yeah. to our pre-draft, uh, you know, measurable stuff." But if not, man, that's an even bigger sign that they they love this Jordan Reed guy. So, I look, I I know this might be a hot take, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a better player than Christian Watson long term, um, because Watson's reception perception data as a rookie, it's um, by the way, if you're I'll tell you now, you know, that's the next drop. It's coming on May 8th is the Ayo. second year player. Let's go. You can start seeing, you can start seeing some of these guys populate the sortable tables. If you're a, uh, if you're a prime or sicko member on the site, Love it's it. fine. He's not a, he's not a great technician. He's not a true se- full field separator. It's nine routes. It's post routes. It's crossing routes. And that's the Christian Watson game. But I think J- Jaden Reed might be a more full field route runner. So if he ends up emerging as the Packers best catch pass catcher by the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised by that because of how good he is technically how refined he is. And I mean, again, he went in the second round, Christian Watson went in the second round. Like I think that he could end up being the number one. And then, um, honestly, I think Christian Watson is like a volatile, but really good vertical number two receiver is probably his best role long term.
0: So I, I know you love the guy. When I watch this guy play Jaden Reed out of Michigan state, I, I see a player, um, that could kind of, sort of play everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. but doesn't have isn't like a specialist anywhere. Uh, is, is that uh, is that a fair? I don't know. I guess analysis of his game. Um, and if he is special somewhere, where is he going to be special?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good assessment of his game because he, uh, much like what we talked about with Zay Flowers, you see him line up a little bit of everywhere. Um, he was deployed on the line for 47.6% of his snaps in the game, sampled for per reception, perception, 52% off the line, 38 mm-hmm. at outside right, 30% outside left, in the slot for 26%. So you get reps of him at slot, flanker, X. I think he could end up playing at any of those positions, which is a nice fit in Green Bay because I'm still not – is Christian Watson an X receiver? Is he more of like an off-ball flanker, which is where they made a mm-hmm. lot of really good use of him last year? Is um, Romeo Dobbs an X receiver? I I think, you know, I I don't know. So I think Reed being either their slot flanker or X is 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 exciting. I I don't know that he's special anywhere, but he's really rock solid as a route runner, really rock solid as a contested catch player. I think he's like two tweaks away from being really fantastic in either area, but he's got the potential to get there. And I think that's why I ended up giving him a Terry McLaurin comp because I think McLaurin Mm. is it coming into the NFL was like a really rock-solid route runner, really rock-solid contested catch player. And then as he's developed, he's like – I mean, you know, I think he's like an elite receiver, at Terry McLaurin. Yes. He just have not had the quarterback right. play to, to get there. So that's like the ceiling comp. You know, I've seen other people hit him with the Stefan Diggs stylistic comp, Jordan Reed – I mean, Jaden Reed. I think that's, um, that's the axis of receiver we're talking about, which, frankly, Green Bay just hasn't had lately. They've had a lot of, like, big lumbering guys. Obviously, Christian Watson's a high-end athlete. Romeo Dobbs yeah. is more of a big lumbering guy. Yeah. Um, Alan Lazard was definitely a big lumbering guy. Uh, so yeah, I think that like he, he really stands out in recent Packers receiver history.
0: I look, he's not as big, but I, I see, I see a little bit of Doug Baldwin, uh, in Jaden Reed's game. You know, he's a little, a little angrier of a player, you know, when he's on the field. And again, he's not as big or as physical, um, obviously, um, as, uh, as Doug Baldwin, but uh, I see a little bit of his game. Uh, and again, we talk about a guy that could play inside outside, right? Like uh, Doug Baldwin was, was certainly that dude, um, by the way, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Romeo Dobbs just gets passed over yeah. by Jaden Reed. Right. I mean, you match up, if you line up the draft capital and everything, and it's like, I, I don't know, it, it seems to, to line up, you know, maybe they put Christian Watson and Jaden Reed as their two starting wide receivers and Romeo Dobbs works in uh in 11 personnel and they kind of sort of just move Jaden Reed all over the football field I, I could see that I think that's an absolutely distinct possibility in Green
1: Bay I mean look shoot if I'm telling you that I think he might be the Packers best receiver I you know that he might be better than Christian Watson Jaden Reed mm-hmm. I definitely think that yeah he could be better than than Romeo Dobbs but right um yeah there's a lot of potential on this depth chart and like for for folks out there doing dynasty drafts go to the dynasty rankings on the site I put a pretty big like We're making a bet, baby, on Jordan Reed. Like we're—I mean, Jordan Reed. We're making a pretty big bet on Jaden Reed uh, here. Like I'm very, very, very high on him. I and I think he will go because he's not an early declare and all this other stuff. He's gonna go late in your dorky dynasty spreadsheet rookie drafts. And I'm I'm telling you, I think he's gonna be good. I think he's gonna be a really good player.
0: The dorky spreadsheet dynasty draft. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> With that, I think the, the show's done. All right. <laughs> listen, <laughs> well, it's not going to get any better than the that. <laughs> it's, not, it's really not. Right? That's great. I love it. All right, listen, we're running a little long, so we got to get out of here. But we're going to come right back tomorrow. Uh, talk about some guys, uh, again, that did not go in the first couple of rounds here. You know, hey, listen, we'll, we'll talk Marvin Mims. We'll talk Tank Dell. Jalen Hyatt, Rasheed Rice to the Chiefs uh, players that uh, again, what are their roles uh, on their respective teams and where can they excel? Where might they fail? Uh, we're going to discuss that all starting tomorrow. So again, for our loyal listeners out there, man, it's a double episode week here on reception perception, but for now, we've got to step away from Matt Harmon. I'm James Coe. We'll see you.